Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Congratulations. How does it feel being All-American? I got to pay. <laughs> I believe he said he had to go pay. Time now for... The ball's almost full. I'm still going. So stop going. I'm, I can't stop going once I've started. It stings. Quick, give me another bottle. Come on. Hurry, 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 hurry. Come on. Come on. Okay. Overreaction Monday. I have to pee. I'm not doing it here. No, he is not doing it there. Well, I guess he's not doing it at all. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. I welcome to the Overreaction Monday edition of the podcast. We only have one. This is really the last full-fledged, full-action Overreaction Monday. A little sad. Pour one out for the Overreaction Monday. Shed a tear. Full slate of of, uh, hijinks, upsets, stupidity, ridiculous, hate and spite. It was rivalry weekend. It was good. Good rivalry weekend. I want to start. I mean, we're, you know, we had a million requests to get to the old piss story or whatever they're deeming it down there. They're deeming it a lot of things. That has spawned a thousand puns, uh, nicknames, <laughs> jokes. <laughs> Brought some thanks. I was thankful on Thanksgiving for the egg bowl. <laughs> we're going to get to that. We're going to, don't, don't you worry. Don't you worry. Okay. We would not let that pass. There's no no, way. Oh, no, no. We're getting that. Guy blows the game by taking, by pretending he's a dog (laughs) pissing in the end zone of the Egg Bowl. Will not be, will not go on a, on a, on a counted board of this podcast. Uh, But do want to start with the game both of you gentlemen were at. Yeah. On Saturday. Auburn, Alabama. The Iron Bowl. If there was any pissing, it was down the leg. We had everything in this thing. Angry Saban, a doinked kick, Gus with the coaching trickery, outsmarting Saban. Saban then crying about the refs or something. I don't even know what was happening. Field storming. Do you see that video of the girl who jumped in the hedges and just disappeared? (laughs) Yeah. It there was were magical. a lot of people. Yeah, there, there was like a, there was a lot of like you know watching like water buffalo cross a stream or something. There are a lot of people trying to navigate through those hedges. They're not good at that thing. It's like this sophomore from Hoover is just gone now forever. <laughs> She's went into a vor a vortex. She popped out at uh, Jacksonville State. I think. <laughs> the the homer simpson hedge gif that's very famous when people yeah. want to like back away th- that will no longer be the most popular hedge gif on the internet there's a there's a new hedge gif sheriff in town 
<laughs> I think she found the transfer portal. She just, yes. The transfer portal is on the 35-yard line in the edges. That's right. Of Jordan uh, Hare Stadium. Anyway, the king is dead. Long live the king. At least for one year, Alabama's not going to be in the playoff. Although I am absolutely sure the Paul Feinbaum show on Monday will be full of people <laughs> telling us why they should. They'll make the case. Listen, right. from the middle of the third quarter to five minutes into the fourth quarter, Alabama was the better team. You know, or if they just didn't make those field goal posts, you know, just to just a little bit wider, they'd be in. <laughs> what happened on Saturday and what happened to Coach Saban getting outsmarted by Waffle House, man? <laughs> yeah, Saban got scattered, smothered and covered at the end there uh, <laughs> with the Gus Malzahn trickery. I guess we'll start with that. that yeah, that that and the, the fact that Saban came in and like basically the first thing out of his mouth was. That was an unfair play. And I'm sitting there thinking like back to when my kids were like eight years old and they'd say, that's no fair. It's like, eh, you can say it fair. all you want. It's not changing anything, but uh, yeah, you know, they ran the punter out there as a, as a wide receiver. And they said they were going to motion him in at punt to, at to punt from the punting spot. And, you know, Saban saying that they didn't have enough time to substitute, you can find something in the rule book about unfair play on terms of substitutions, but it is so vague and so broad. It certainly doesn't say anything that directly is applicable to that. I think what happened was they got their pants caught, pulled down, and it was a heck of a, a savvy move by Malzahn. And it's the kind of thing, and I wrote about this, where that doesn't happen to a Nick Saban team. They're not the team that's caught off guard. They're not the team that commits 13 penalties. They're not the team that gives up 40 plus that scores 40 and loses twice this year. That's what was really surprising to me is that the Saban defense, the Saban discipline, where are those things? The super buttoned up ship, you know, the most buttoned up ship in college football. It's, uh, it's pretty surprising to see, uh, you know, they, They've had some some reasons, some excuses. I mean, Tua Tagovailoa getting hurt's a big thing, but they scored forty five points without him. The problem wasn't the quarterback play, other than the two pick sixes. Uh, those obviously were huge plays, but Tua made some major mistakes against LSU. So it was a wild game, very entertaining. Pete and I thoroughly enjoyed watching it and uh, writing about it and eating Texas Roadhouse before we came back. Or wait, was it Longhorn Steakhouse? I don't even remember. Longhorn which. Steakhouse. Don't get those fine establishments. Oh, mixed up. They, you're they, start another <laughs> war. Oh no, the Opelika Longhorn Steakhouse. Yeah. Which one gives out the peanuts? Or is that, uh, that the, was, uh, that's that's the other one? Logan. That's Texas that Logan. Logan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got we no peanuts. A, <laughs> we had a quintessentially middle American dilemma facing us at ten fifteen. We could have gone to O'Charlie's for dinner, <laughs> or we could have gone to Longhorn Steakhouse. Pat was leaning towards O'Charlie's, and I talked him off it. And uh, I, I think we both we we both ended up happy. It was it was not. I was like, if if this goes wrong, I'll be second guest for like six months on the podcast. So. <laughs> but yes, to follow up on the actual game, why people really care and listened, I thought it was just a fantastic game. I said my goal was like a Netflix series. Like so many things happened that I joked with Pat. I was like, this is one of those games where like an hour later, when we're sitting at dinner, we're like, oh, I didn't mention that in my column. Oh, I totally forgot about the you know like this. There's just so many twists and oh, turns. Yeah. Like you, you know, you're you're jerking your head around trying to figure out it was marvelous but the the trick play is what you know kind of all, all remember um i talked to a, a coaching friend of gus's who said he's been waiting to use that since 2010 
<laughs> and he said different versions of it. They used to call it ambush. And quite frankly, I wish I knew that for my column. That's like, that's the ambush of the century. Oh, wow. yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's funny that coaches have that stuff. They got like all these things, you know, tucked yeah. in the back pocket. They're just waiting for their chance to use. And there it was. Yeah. I, I joked with my buddy. I was like, I bet he like used it against, uh, you know, against uh, Little Rock Christian in the like, state semis <laughs> you know, or, 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 yeah. or something. But it's it's weird because it's predicated on. The other sideline, the, the way it was used last night, it was predicated on the other sideline seeing the punter come in. Right. That's where the confusion comes. Oh, wait, the punter's coming on. We need to do this. And instead, like, you know, what, whatever unfolded, people I'm sure have, have read or heard about it. But basically, they sent Jalen Waddell, who had the game of his life, out to, to return the kick. And then there's confusion because Bo Nix is still on the field. They hurry up and get the defense back on and the kick team off, but nobody could kind of get to Waddle. And, hey, give give Auburn fans a ton of credit. They had – that was a top five, for me, visceral effect on a game. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Five false starts. I mean, it was a mess. There's no other way to say it. It was a total, total mess. So Jordan Hare and, you know, good is on, – Good on Auburn. Oh, it's awesome. Gosh, awesome. It may yeah. be the most underrated – stadium yeah. in the country nobody talks about yeah. how great yeah. it is to see a game at jordan Hare, and i, I think it's because alabama's better so like brian and brian Deddy's great and that gets so much hype and then you got you know lsu you had all these stadiums but i mean jordan Hare is phenomenal place to see a game it is it is visceral there when especially when it's the, when it's the iron bowl but they they absolutely affected that game just with the with the noise and the intensity in there. All right. So does Gus get a, like another eight year extension, fifty million or something <laughs> like that? Like what? <laughs> I know uh, this. All ha- I feel if like they- Auburn just gets drunk and starts spending money. You know, like they just. <laughs> it was well, like when West Virginia hired their coach at the bar after the Fiesta Bowl that time. <laughs> Bill Stewart, baby. Bill Stewart. Yeah. Uh, God rest his soul. He's a gentleman, yeah. but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even remember who they beat in that Fiesta Bowl, which is terrible. Do you remember, Pat? Oklahoma, I covered it. Yeah. I think it was Oklahoma. Yes. Yeah, yeah, covered the game. They had beaten Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. These were like pivotal moments in keeping the old Big East viable. <laughs> yeah, no, that's yeah. That they, I literally, I got a call at four thirty in the morning that they were hiring Bill Stewart, and that it was di- di- direct, uh, direct uh, relation to how much they had drank that night. <laughs> All good and bad things in West Virginia happen at 430 in the morning. It's really, it is the time of day for that that state. But, um, Danny, to your point, Auburn absolutely should keep Gus Malzahn. I mean, I, don't extend him, but, but look, he's beaten Nick Saban three times. Les Miles the only other guy that can say that, and he's not no longer in the league. He's in Kansas. He is the only guy that has been able to get over on Saban, you know, with some regularity. Keep him. All right, so that leaves us with a playoff situation I think is is pretty clear. These probably have to be close, but I think do you tell me if I am wrong. LSU is in win or lose? Uh yeah, I would say so. Absolutely. Ohio State is in win or lose, agree? Yes. Yes. Clemson needs to beat Virginia? Correct. All right. And then if Georgia does beat LSU, then Georgia's in. Yep. Yes. Oklahoma, Baylor and Utah can all play, they can all win. Well, they all can't. Well, you know what I mean. Each one can win, uh, and they may get shut out. But if if Georgia loses to LSU, then there's a debate between the Oklahoma Baylor winner and Utah. Pretty much it. This is why I hate conference championship weekend. I think it's the biggest waste of weekend in the entire sport. 
we would be better off just ending the season right now, not having conference championship games. You basically have, let's see, you know, all those games, there's only one team that is either got a win or lose situation. When you have teams that can lose and advance, like there's something wrong. Yep. Yep. When you have teams that can win and not advance, (laughs) you have something wrong. (laughs) It's just stupid. We would be better off if this weekend we had number eight Memphis as the group of six champ or whatever they call that thing at LSU. You had Baylor at Ohio State. You had Oklahoma at Clemson. And you had Utah at Georgia. Would you rather watch those four games or whatever the hell I just described above? <laughs> I could take all those. That'd be good. Every, Sign that's up. your first round. You get the way to change the playoff is to reform the postseason, and that means get rid of these stupid things. This is ridiculous. Ohio State, yeah, yeah, we can win, but we could lose. Oh, it's great field excitement. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, by a team we already uh, boat raced. We already beat. Like, right, we already beat them. Like, right? I have no desire to watch that game. You know what I mean? As like a as like a fan looking at, like, what would entertain me? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. they dump-trucked yeah. them already. Yeah. Great. No. There's, they're prob- there's nothing to watch other than Georgia-LSU to see if Georgia can get in. But even then, right. LSU doesn't have to win. Right. Yeah. It, every year, it's the same thing. People talk about how great this It's terrible. Look at yeah. it. And then Oklahoma-Baylor. It could become if Georgia loses, it could become so Oklahoma already beat Baylor, you know. Yeah. But instead, you replace it with Memphis at LSU and put them on campus. Give the give the top seed something. Baylor at Ohio State, Oklahoma at Clemson, Utah, Georgia. Oh yeah, think think a little bit more exciting is have Clemson play Virginia or Oklahoma coming to Clemson. You know, like <laughs> Ohio State going over to play a team they already trounced, or Baylor showing up playing yeah. in the snow. You know, perfect. Yeah, like sure. I know we can't change anything about this sport because there's a bunch of eighty-year-old dudes running it. But <laughs> sorry, it takes like three minutes to come up with better crap than what you people have. So this is what we got. Now that said, they did at least give us the playoff after much screaming by all of us, including me. Because imagine, wait, if Dan, we did-, did you not like the BCS? Yeah. <laughs> imagine if we didn't. Oh, boy. you're all welcome. You're yeah. all welcome. You're all listening. <laughs> Do you still get royalties from that? Should we should we, should we buy a new book? Just buy some new books. <laughs> Epic Athletes available. <laughs> I don't want to share any money with Jeff Passan or, or <laughs> yeah. no. You can find the death to the BCS in the bargain book bin. But imagine where we would be with this sport if we mm. let the people in charge still run that like they fought tooth and nail and we would have undefeated LSU, undefeated Ohio State, undefeated Clemson. They'll go, oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. One it's of perfect. you cannot be national champion. <laughs> Boy, this is awesome. Yeah. This is what they liked. Yeah. This is what oh, they yeah. fought. To, that was what they fought to preserve. And yet we <laughs> let them still be in charge. <laughs> the people who thought three undefeated teams was a great idea, not worth screwing over their crony who runs a bowl game. (laughs) We still let run the sport, which is why the sport's so screwed up. So let's just go back to the, the Bill Hancock fantasy camp. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He and Delaney and Swafford and, and and, all the older other guys, 
who's that old Pac-12 guy? And uh, they bring Tom Ari, Hansen. Tom yeah. Hansen and Ari yeah. Fleischer, and they'd all have been sucking free whiskey down at the Fiesta Frolic. <laughs> Who of these three would you, which two would you take? If it was the old BCS, would you take LSU, Ohio State, Clemson? Which two would you take, Pat? Here's what you would do. Yeah, I, I would take I would take Ohio State and LSU, and you would be just flagrantly screwing over the defending national champions who have not lost a game since then and probably may, maybe have the most talent of any of the three. You know, that's what you would be doing. And you'd be leaving out Clemson because their schedule is not as good as the other two. And it would be an atrocity. And then Clemson would go off and play, I don't know, like Notre Dame in the Orange Bowl and beat them like <laughs> 72 to 8. You know, and then we'd be sitting there saying, well, maybe they should have been in the BCS championship <laughs> game. You know? If only we could figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> this is because when I was a kid, I'd we'd watch or sit with my dad on New, on January 1st and watch TV. And they'd be like, OK, number one is playing here on uh, on Channel 7 and number two is playing over here on Channel 4. And we flip back and forth. And go, boy, maybe they could both play each other on Channel 5. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, no. No. I'd be like, Dad, why don't they do that? I don't know. I don't know. They just don't. Not allowed to. Remember Pete, the who would you leave quote, out? They'll have to pry a, play, pry a playoff out of my cold, dead hands. Who Gordon was that? Gee. Delaney? No, it was oh, Gordon Gee. Gordon Gee, Gordon Gee, yeah. Ohio State's own Gordon Gee. Yeah, Delaney declared the moment a playoff, even a four teamer, was done, the entire bowl system would die. All bowls would be out of business. Yeah, how'd that uh, turn out? Yeah, that didn't that, that didn't quit. I I vowed to buy them all. There <laughs> were citrus bowl guys in the way in the media room at Auburn the other night, just to keep our to keep our bowl watch, our blazer watch alive. Of course, of course. Yeah, it's like a it's like guys. a gong show. It's like late. You know, nobody knows who anyone is, and these guys are like. Listening to what the kicker has to say as if it's going to impact the citrus bowl, you know. <laughs> hey, Anders Carlson, you like a, your thoughts. Would you like a Saturday with a quadruple header of Memphis, LSU, Baylor, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Utah, Georgia? Hell no! No, yeah. not that. No. no nope, let's make yeah. Oklahoma and Baylor play each other again. <laughs> what yeah. happens if you win? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Great right. system you got, guys. Great job. Good work. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, Dan, are you going to write a column about that this week? You don't seem very passionate about it. You're kind of on the Every fence. year I write the same column about conference championship. <laughs> weekend. It, 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 Could, honestly, it's like going elite week. It really is. I'm going to re I'm just going to redo it. Of course I'm going to take me like 20 minutes to write the column. <laughs> but then it's like, it's like talking to like the zombie fan who can't figure it. No, wait, what? That's not how it works. <laughs> Yeah, because you Those just got columns, the establishment because well, ESPN is just like, tell you, this is the greatest thing. Go, you know, like you're oh, fighting yeah. upstream. You know how hard it was to get a four team playoff. God, I had to write two books. <laughs> uh, the uh, yeah, they don't think the, the what you'll get from that column, in addition to the zombie fan who's been brainwashed into thinking it can't happen, though, are then. 200 other very well-meaning fans who will send you their playoff proposals and why that needs to be the way that we should do it. Which are always complete, like half of them are just completely like, okay, we read a, redo the leagues. Yeah, right. We can't yeah. 43 okay. schools out of, like, okay. You can't. <laughs> That's like, not I happening. Can, I can solve this in like 20 minutes, not even five <laughs> minutes. Boom, there you go. I can come up with the whole rules. That's the, oh, we can't even do that. We couldn't get a four-teamer working right. As Pete pointed out, we're playing on the 28th and the 13th because, you know, sunsets. 
Yeah. You know, again. So it's God, I love this sport, but sometimes you just sit there and go, wait, this is what? What are we doing this weekend? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too, is you're sitting there watching the Iron Bowl, like, man, this is really good. This is really exciting and fun. And the athletes are unbelievable and they're making these plays and the fans are so into it. And then you step back and look at just kind of the general overall structure of the sport, like, what, man, they can screw up anything. They really can. Yeah. yeah we were, Pat and I were talking. He was like, where are you going to go next week? And I was like, you know, nowhere. Yeah, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go out to Utah and then watch the other games on Saturday. I just haven't seen Utah yet this year, so I'm just kind of they are neither like has the the neither yeah. has the committee. Neither has the committee. Don't worry about it. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> they don't exist. I thought they were spotted uh, drinking margaritas in a in a on the outskirts of Dallas yeah. and just eating queso queso <laughs> duty. I am team. I am on the uh, Utah bandwagon, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, I, I don't know. How about this scenario for you, though? If you want, I mean, if, if you still want a little chaos thrown in here, Baylor beats Oklahoma, but has a overall a really weak resume other than that one win. Uh, Oregon beats Utah, and uh, LSU beats Georgia. Who's your fourth team? Does Baylor get in still? If Georgia, if Georgia loses by the proverbial late field goal, oh, they have to. They have to. Yeah. The the Geiger principle. <laughs> hmm. Does Man. the third string quarterback play? <laughs> Baylor's it, tough, man. Baylor's yeah, tough. They're they're, yeah. they're I, they'd be a bit of a hard sell, but they now they did get the boost up in the rankings this last week, right? So that it gives them a little bit more of a viable option. It Where was kind of weird. They're starting to like Baylor all of a sudden. Yeah, I think they yeah. figured out that they need to just in case Baylor wins the league. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like one of those teen like rom-com movies where like the supposedly like <laughs> <laughs> the homely girl all of a sudden pulls her hair back. She like works at her dad's auto mechanic shop. And... Wait like, a minute. Oh my God. She's a total smoke. We're going to take her to the prom. Like, oh yeah. Okay. She ain't that bad. Did you really just use that like, analogy? Hey, Baylor. <laughs> That's a terrible yeah. analogy. Matt That's Rule out, out, outside with the boombox with In Your uh, Eyes yeah. playing. It's a, I love he drives it. from Waco to Dallas to the Queso <laughs> to, Convention. It's a great man. It just great plays vine, In Your yeah. Eyes. <laughs> with that weird vest thing that he wears. Like, what is that? What is that vest thing that he wears? It's like either go with the sweater vest like Trestle or don't. Like, what is that thing? That's yeah, a bad look. It's a very bad look. But what is, that is yeah. the worst jacket yeah. a coach has worn since since uh what's his name at Auburn wore the bomber jacket? <laughs> Chiswick. Chiswick, yeah. <laughs> Chiswick's bomber jacket. Yeah. What is that jacket? What is that thing rules wearing, Pete? You're the you're the Baylor correspondent around here. You know, I will uh, I will get answers because our listeners our listeners <laughs> want answers. Uh, Matt doesn't have much to do this week, so I'll check in on yeah. his uh, on his fashion. You know, in, in this career, I actually may be the fashion correspondent. So you know, that's... I, I, I say that as someone who wears a jacket that he bought for twenty four dollars at CVS. So um, <laughs> CVS. When I'm when I'm making fun of a jacket, it's pretty bad. How about you bought, it, wait, you bought a jacket at CVS? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody's ever done that. Yes, they have. They got them for sale. Oh my! CVS God. does. They sell a lot I've, of. Jackets. I've been to a lot of CVSs in my life. I've never seen a jacket. Absolutely, for sale. you get a jacket. Every CVS in the country's got the low. Or maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was CVS. So know. you go where? Which town was this? <laughs> I was in Gaylord, Michigan earlier this year, okay. and it got cold, and I needed a jacket. So I went into CVS, and there was a jacket. 
You go in and said, I need one jacket and a pair of crooked reading glasses, please. The gra- glasses are good. The glasses, okay. not as, it, I threw some big money down for CVS. And they got them for like the local high school. So you just get a little jacket sporting the okay. team. Okay. All right. How about how about this weird thing from Dabo Sweeney? Okay, speaking of BCS oh, politicking, please. Does he know you don't have to politic anymore? <laughs> the storyline always seems to be we don't play anybody, and and we're ten and one in our last eleven against the SEC. Good point. Yeah. All I can tell you is we're ten and one in the SEC in our last eleven. We won one hundred fifteen games this de- decade. So had Ohio State. So had Alabama. We played them both. Beat them both last time. Like he's all fired up. What was his other one? He want they want to keep him out. Yeah, he said uh, Georgia lost to the same South Carolina team, and everybody's like, "How can we keep them in? We beat them." And they're like, "How can they keep us out? What 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 planet is he on here? What is he doing? See, this I is the problem. Know. He actually has to win a game to advance in the playoff, and he's already <laughs> chapped about it because half the other teams don't. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He's probably looking That's at it. LSU and Ohio State saying, "Yeah, they can lose their championship game. It doesn't matter. We lose and we're out." But I kind of got to admit, if you were him and you're sitting there watching and that's what they're sitting there saying is, okay, going into the there's three undefeated teams, two of them can lose and still make it. You're kind of like, hey, what up, what's up? We're Clemson. Don't blame yeah. me because NC State started being terrible and the Coastal, you know, whatever. Clemson, LSU, neutral field. Who do you like right now? Who do you take today? I would say, I'll tell you, I'll say this. I, I mean, I want to, you know, let's wait and see what the matchups are and everything. But yeah, there's yeah, a, yeah. There, well, there's a very good chance I'm picking Clemson to win the whole thing. There's a very good chance. I, I, they're really, really good. The problem is they play in a really bad league, and their resume's really pretty light. That's the way it is. I mean, I'm, I apologize to Dabo for that. I still think his team's really good, but they haven't beaten anybody. That's that's it. Sorry. A&M fell apart. I mean, yeah. They play two Power Six non-conference games, A&M and South Carolina. They both fell apart. I mean, a lot of this is circumstance, but look, I admit, I have admitted all year, I don't watch Clemson football this year. I've watched like 10 minutes, cumulative 10 minutes, because they're blowing everyone out. It's just like not, there's four games on. It's like you click over, oh, 28-3. All right, next. Yeah. yeah. Pat and I were watching Ohio State, Michigan in the uh, in the Yankee section of the Iron Bull press box because they only had it on one TV. And the sound in the press box a couple hours before the game was on the Clemson game. And so, like, it's disorienting to watch a game and the sound doesn't match up. So, like, you know, we're watching and then just it's it felt like it was like a on recording loop, like, and a long pass from Lawrence, touchdown. And then, like, six minutes later, Lawrence with a deep ball, touchdown. It was just like, why would I even bother to glance when when the outcome is so inevitable? I don't yeah. know, but I think he's just trying to find something to keep his team motivated. I agree with that. Create I, I, a straw man. Yep, yep. He certainly is, and that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I. I was questioning, you know, late September, early October, if they were just bored, you know, because they're 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 not playing anybody who's anywhere near as good as they are. But I think they've got the eye of the tiger now, and I think he knows it, and I think he wants them to keep having it. And so, yeah, he's he's trying to find ways to stoke the fire. You mean you don't get goose pimples walking into Chapel Hill? <laughs> well, they should have gotten a few going into Chapel Hill because that's the one they nearly lost. Yeah, that's but, what I meant. Like they're just yeah. like, ah, eh, going to play these guys in Aqua. Woohoo. You know? Yeah. One uh, last bit about this, the committee and all that, since it is kind of the, the week the committee actually thinks. I don't know if you saw this in the Lantern, the Ohio State student newspaper, but Gene Smith, the Ohio State AD, told the Lantern, and good job by the student reporters for getting that, 
why he quit the college football committee or is no longer on it. I, I guess he quit. Hmm. Yeah. His quote was, I was concerned about how the committee was applying the criteria. Huh. And so I felt uncomfortable when I came back into the room. This is the year Ohio State was 12 and one Big Ten champ, but they lost to Purdue. So that was last year. And they finished number six in the playoff. Georgia was 11 and two after losing the SEC title game to Alabama. And they came in fifth and Ohio yep. State came in sixth. So essentially, it's a good argument for him to have because it doesn't matter. He's not saying, why wasn't I in the playoff? But he says, I was concerned. I felt uncomfortable when I came back into the room after I had been recused and Georgia was ranked ahead of us. They were a two-loss team, not a champion. And so he felt something was up where they weren't respecting the champions. Now, this was just a year ago, and now he's out. Now, I will go again to the bit of why the heck do we have a committee where we have major AD, ADs at major football powers on it who then have to be recused because, gee, what a stunner. Ohio State is in discussion yeah. to be in the playoff. Or it's not even just in the top 25. My God, who would have saw the Buckeyes, the top 25 team? So he shouldn't even be on this committee. Nothing against Gene. And none of these guys should be on the committee because it's stupid. But I thought that was a pretty interesting bit. That's the first time I've really heard a committee member take a swipe at the process. Now, a lot of people are saying Georgia should have been in the playoff because of how closely they played Alabama at that time. I think Herb Street said they should be number three, which I yeah. think went to Notre Dame. And then it Notre did. Dame got absolutely trucked. Could we have some cracks in the committee? Could we have um, some cracks? Well, you know, it's interesting. That That is definitely, that's been a Big Ten talking point. I mean, Delaney has brought that up too about them not applying the protocol. And somebody else from that league did as well. And, and then Gene Smith. So. You know, they there. I think there's a a a a group of thought there from that conference about about uh, the way it went, and that's you know the the Big Ten champion has not gone for the last three years, right? Sixteen, it right. was Penn State. They didn't get in. Seventeen, Penn State didn't get it, or Ohio State didn't get in. Eighteen, Ohio State didn't get in. So there's a definite thought of you know this conference championship means so much, which I don't buy personally. I'm not into the conference championship thing. I want the four best teams. Part of the thing of having a committee is you're going to have very different viewpoints of what they should do and how they should do it. So I'm, I'm okay with that. If there's cracks in the group think that's, that's fine with me, but you know, we'll see if they can get the right four teams in this thing this year. Every year there's, you know, again, if they had the eight, if they got eight teams, they'd have a much better chance of getting the right teams in, but they don't. The math on this thing, it, it was always doomed to fail, right? You yeah. have five major conferences and four <laughs> bits. So it's just like, from the start, this thing was doomed to fail. I mean, there's just no easy way to fit it all in. And then you have all these ambiguous arguments like what if the what if the Baylor TCU arguments, et cetera. And you're just you're never going to really learn them. Like we all just assume they made the right decision because Ohio State trucked through that Cardell Jones playoff in 14, 15. But, you know, it, it's just it, it will never be right. But at least if you put all the conference champions in. And then you're arguing over the other two. There's all right. You got to win your conference championship. You know, I just I don't know. I I just feel like it's inevitable. But I will say this: like if you think about Ohio State this year, they go Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, two playoff games. That's like a gauntlet, you know, to go. And again, you can yeah. do it with an SEC team too. Like that's you know, I, I know you're not a fan of conference championship, Stan. So like I, like if you're because if you're the conference championship has already all these all these leagues. It's already been decided. Yeah. 
Okay, like we already know who won the Big Ten. You know how I know? Because Ohio State beat Wisconsin. Yeah. I already know who won. Like, we already know. Oklahoma beat Baylor. Well, let's do it again. And that's thing, and that's a round-robin <laughs> conference. That's the other thing. I mean, the right. Big 12 is a round-robin. They've already all played each other. And now we're going to have to make them play again. I, that one bothers me. Let's and do Baylor it again. can totally win, by the way. Baylor keeps playing better. They should have won, obviously, that first game. They were up, whatever it was, 35-3 to three or something crazy. 28-3, 20, yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I just, I, I don't know. But, like, Oklahoma-Baylor's a great game, but I already watched it. So I'm, I'm obviously going to watch it. It's my job to watch it. But I'm not, like, fired up to watch it. Hey, look. I'd rather have it than not, but I'd rather if Baylor was going to Ohio State this weekend as the number seven seed and Oklahoma was going to Clemson. That, then on Saturday, or if you moved Army-Navy into Saturday and moved it one week, so you got a little bit of a break, it's the second weekend or something. Like, that is just an epic day of football, those four Mm -hmm. games. But instead of that, we get games we already saw and championships are already decided and weird stuff. So. But I don't know. And then does anyone care if they actually win the championship? You know, like three straight Big Ten champions don't make it. Kind of weird. All right. Team that will not win the Big Ten. Michigan. I was at the big house. It was a big funeral home. (laughs) The big funeral home. The big funeral home. That's going to be on a T-shirt on 11 Warriors by Tuesday. There you go. (laughs) Not the big house, the big hearse. The oh, there you go. Oh. Wow. The mourners wore maize. <laughs> Grantland Rice. <laughs> now, Ohio State has won eight consecutive games against Michigan. They have won 15 of 16 against Michigan. They have won 17 of 19. I mean, we're going on two decades here. I'm not sure this one, I won't say it hurt worse than any of the uh, or the, the most, but it hurt because there's just, I think, finally the realization amongst the Michigan fans like, this ain't happening. We yeah. like they've wanted to pretend they're a major like elite college football program for so long and they just aren't. They're a 2 to 3 loss team. You know, in 97 they got Charles Woodson and stuff. They were a little bit they they go undefeated and they get crowned national champion, but that was then. That was one time. Everything else is they're they lose. They don't go undefeated. They yeah. can't beat Ohio State. They don't. And and there was like Justin Fields, like just I thought it was a classic line. The guy transfers from Georgia 11 months ago and goes, we care about this game 365. They don't. You haven't even been there 365. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's not that Ohio State cares more, although they do care. It's that they have better players. When yeah. you have better players, you tend to win the game. Ohio State should in all like reasonability just be like yeah they're not even our rival anymore and move on but they won't and that's why michigan's totally screwed because they can't (laughs) even sneak up on them and it's just i mean i i I, my thing is the players and and i actually am going to defend harbaugh here of all things okay like i think people misread recruiting rankings and 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 they go, well, look, I'm going to do this year's Rivals.com top 10. Ohio State is third. They have the third best class right now in Rivals. They can pick any class, any ranking, whatever you want, but I'll just pick this one for sake. Michigan is 10th. And you look and go, hey, that's pretty close. Sometimes 10 beats three. That's like fairly close. We coach them up. But if you really look at it, that's got nothing to do with anything. Ohio State has eight players in the top 87 
of the rivals top 100. Eight. And number 87, or number in the top 86, number 87 is Michigan recruit A.J. Henning of Illinois. Ohio State has eight guys rated higher than Michigan's top guy. Ooh. And that's how recruiting works if you go through it. Yeah. And 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 people look at recruiting, oh, it's an exact, it's like an NFL draft. If I give the other team the first eight picks <laughs> before I get a pick, you are absolutely screwed. If you're not picking the 87th in the NFL draft and the other guy's got eight picks, you're screwed. You can't beat them. You're not going to beat them. And Harbaugh, and I'll give you credit, and I'll go to you, Pete, because I you, you follow this too. Harbaugh knew this immediately, how much he had to improve recruiting. And he, to everyone's criticism and laughter, tried every gimmick he could to change that. We're going to run satellite camps in every corner of the country, Australia. We're going to promote. We're going to run spring practice in Florida. We're going to go see the Pope. We're going to do every cheesy Slumber gimmick. party. Slumber parties. He's throwing out first pitches. He's giving valedictorian addresses out in New Jersey. He did every single gimmick he could to change this. From day one, he, I think he walked in and go, we are so screwed unless we improve recruiting. And they've gotten good recruits, but they ain't getting Ohio State recruits. And I know everyone's down on Harbaugh, but it's not like he, he won't admit it, obviously. But he, he showed that he knew we don't have the players. And it only doesn't. Did Sully just like duck his head under his armpit to smell his right pit? <laughs> I think he was sneezing. No, oh. I was I was yawning and oh, just okay. covering up my mouth. What are you <laughs> yawning? That was a good point. I actually tell you, a salient football point on this podcast. No, it was a good point. Research. It was had nothing to do with your point. It was oh, just the yeah. fact I'm a little tired. The actual research. <laughs> That's a good point. Research and preparation is what I get. You're sniffing your pit. <laughs> the the woman in the uh, row adjacent to me, and you can cut this out of the podcast, Sully, um, on my flight <laughs> no, home it's from in. Atlanta. It's in. So I was in the middle seat on the right, and she was in the middle seat on the left. So we're flying. It's kind of a normal day. And all of a sudden, like the woman to my left on the aisle is like, do you have a sick bag? And I was like, oh, oh no. no. <laughs> and then I ended up like reaching over the guy asleep because I used the one in front of me. And then I kept, yeah, it was not, uh, it was not a good day. And I just like, like, like everybody just let her exit the plane at the end. Cause we just all were like, yeah, it's not, it was not good. She did not have enough bags for what she needed. And it, it was just, yeah. so anyway, because she did that. What'd she have I, for lunch? She needed flirting. Yeah. No, she needed yes. flirting. <laughs> uh, anyway. To Dan's point, a uh, couple things to hit on. One is recruiting has actually become a much more exact science. You're not going to hit on them all, but like these recruiting departments now are like NFL front offices. These yeah. places have eight to 12 people. I did a story uh, on Ohio State's one of the years there in the playoff. They have someone watch. They don't just watch your highlight tape. They watch every game and every snap you play, right? Like this is not, it is a lot more exact. They come to your camps. You, they test you. They prod you. They tape you. There's... Everything possible is quantifiable now. They quantify, and you just see a lot more misses. Now, yeah, mental tough. There's certainly some variables you can't, but there is just it is such a more sophisticated process 
with the access private planes, covering more ground, recruiting assistance. Video. Um, video. Yeah. Video, yeah. Yes. Like there's there are there are no like, oh, secret sleepers anymore. No, there's just none of that. So that said, Ohio State, one of the you know things Meyer really did there to put in the position that it's in now, he made them a national program. He had won two national titles. He went into homes in Florida, Texas, California, and brought in, you know, he can go to D.C. and get Chase Young. And really, as that brand built and they became an NFL factory, Zeke, the, you know, the first Bosa brother, Joey, and everything, they, they, they built off that and, and, and used that infrastructure to spread their net. The criticism of Harbaugh's recruiting is that it's just kind of, there hasn't been a plan other than the gimmicks. Like, they've sort of ignored Ohio. They've been okay in Michigan. They've done okay in Georgia, but it just doesn't seem like it just seems kind of sporadic, almost like when he was at Stanford. At Stanford, you have to go to Louisville, Kentucky and get Brooke 40. And you have to because there's only so many people you can take. Right. Like, you know, so there's going to be a handful of kids in Houston, a handful of kids in Dallas, whereas Michigan hasn't identified sort of centers that it's going to go to. It's just trying to cherry pick, but it doesn't have the sort of Ivy ish academic cachet despite what they may want you to think, or despite what Harbaugh thinks now, but didn't think when he was at Stanford, it's probably the best way to put <laughs> Yeah, that. right. That's, that, he has certainly moved the goalposts on that, about the Woo! academic rigor of uh, Michigan. But, no, I, I mean, I think you're, you guys are right. The, 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 there is clearly a massive talent gap between the two schools, and it's not getting smaller anytime soon, you know? I mean, you watch Ohio State, and it is just pro after pro after pro, and Michigan's got some hard trying guys trying to block the pros and some hard guy trying guys trying to chase the receivers and some, you know, some a quarterback who can skitter around but doesn't look like Justin Fields. They're not as good, and I don't know when they're gonna get as good. And that's the thing. Michigan fans have to finally get enough of a reality check here to understand their place in the firmament. They have resisted it, as Dan has noted, you know, for about a half century here wanting to think that because of fielding H. Yost and Benny Oosterbahn and whatever happened back in the first half of the century, that they are one of the top five programs in the country. They ain't. Yeah, it's just it's just where they're at. They're just a regional program, and it's a wonderful place to go see a game. You go to Michigan for the pomp and circumstance. They got a great helmet. They got all that. Mm-hmm. And then to a Fight lower song. degree, mm-hmm. It's Nebraska, right? Nebraska's entire football identity now is how great it is on game day, except on the field. Now, <laughs> Nebraska would kill to be nine and three now. Oh, yeah. Nebraska oh, yeah. didn't get into that. I've, I've said this since they went to the Big Ten. You're screwed. You never should have left the Big 12. You got no players. You're never getting players. Mm-hmm. And they can come up with all their little gimmicks, but it, the old days are over. And so it's like, can put on a great show. Big house looked great yesterday. It was beautiful. Great. I mean, it was a miserable day, but that's November. And that's, there's a beauty to the misery, but (laughs) it's a great place to go see a game. You're just not going, you're a two to three loss team every year. At best, you're going to get to one loss or something. And and yeah, in the old days, like look at last year in the old days, Notre Dame might've been voted number one. And this is 1976. Notre Dame's undefeated. They're number one team in the country. The poll voters said so. Yeah, uh, that ain't how it works anymore. Now you gotta go play Clemson on neutral field in the semis. See you later. Yeah, you know, it, it's a, to just a, yeah, it's a totally different ball game. And so those old days, and and you don't have 175 scholarships. You can just load up and and drain Michigan State and Purdue out. You you're not the only school on TV. It just you know it just doesn't work anymore. So I don't. I think this is the one that had the reality hit on Michigan fan harder than any other. Like. 
I don't know, man. This ain't like yeah. people are like, oh, fire Harbaugh. You can fire Harbaugh, but I don't like you can you can get a better coach, but you're more likely to get a worse one. Yeah, no, that's true. The uh, the odds are not in your favor that you're going to get a better coach. So and that that's yeah, the problems I think for Michigan that we're on display here is A, oh my gosh, they got better talent. And B, life without Urban Meyer is still going to be really hard because Ryan Day knows what he's doing. And you know, they're just they there there's nothing that you watch from Ohio State and say, "Oh yeah, that, that's a trouble sign." There's not there's no there's no trouble there right now. They're good at everything. They're well coached with with great players. The thought in recruiting circles in the Midwest is that this was the last year that Michigan had like semi-comparable talent. When you look at Black and Peoples-Jones and some of the other skill guys, they obviously have had a a great run of receivers there. And obviously, you know, Shea Patterson, for all his flaws, like there's no – if they had a really good answer at quarterback, they would have answered it already. So there's – and there's just the sense general 1-85 to talent that Michigan's recruiting the last two years especially has been – average for what Michigan wants and needs to be so the expectation is now that Ohio State as ridiculous as it sounds since they've won eight in a row like that that, that could be a lot longer I I don't know where it ends I mean yeah and, and yeah yesterday's uh, Saturday's game I mean Okada was unbelievable that great cornerback he's from Texas Dobbins Texas running back mm-hmm. you know Fields is a transfer so he's from the south uh, Georgia I think he's from Georgia right yeah, um, and then Chase Young, who they did a great job scheming against, but he's from Maryland. Like they're just, it's just a whole different ball game. And, and Michigan in there, Michigan needs to spend its time fighting uh, about you know little brother, big brother with Michigan State, and and then uh, you know maybe you upset, maybe you run an upset, but it isn't looking good. All right, quickly on the on the job uh, front, we've had a few movements here. I think we can spend all of about three seconds talking about Boston College. <laughs> they're fired whoever the hell their coach was i don't know if they don't have any the fans nobody cares. Guy, guys but, being dudes coach steve adazio no, steve adazio was, steve adazio has great taste in italian restaurants in the north end he loves lemoncellos my favorite <laughs> restaurant in the north end so i do like steve adazio he's gone uh bc's hopeless they're never getting anywhere they're almost as hopeless as umass <laughs> you can see Dan's little UMass heart beating for the for big brother up the street. I loved this. BC football when I was a kid. I would, I would, I would like to invite Boston College to join New England United. My proposed, <laughs> yes. my proposed plan to combine teams of of UConn and UMass, yeah. like where it's a couple of f- small school football clubs that are headed to to eight man football because we don't have the numbers anymore. Yes, the we would consolidation take Boston College, uh, the consolidated team, United yep. New England, will play them all right in Gillette. Man, I mean, I'm telling you, be all right then. <laughs> I got a better idea. I'm always thinking, guys. I'm always thinking. Rutgers has now hired Greg Schiano. Steve Politi shamed him into it and got every single booster and fan to cancel his tickets. And now Schiano's, Schiano's in. I do not like the, I think any athletic department that listens to fan unrest is just, that's bad management. Not good, not good, but they did it. They are going to consider, I mean, we're literally talking about Michigan and Ohio State here. Like Michigan's operating at a major league level and they ain't got a chance against Ohio State. Rutgers is now going to consider building a football only facility <laughs> consider it. Yeah. Way to go. All right. <laughs> Let me tell you what, they got a beautiful football only facility in Ann Arbor called Shembeckler Beckler hall. 
it don't matter. So I don't know what you're doing at Rutgers. Shiano shouldn't have taken this job. They shouldn't have listened to the fans. This program, good God, they don't stand a chance. They can join. We'll take New England. We'll come down to New England. We'll take North Jersey. You can join it. We'll just Northeast United. We'll take them all. Quinnipiac, Rhode Island. What do we got? UNH, join them yep. in. You get them, get the queue, man. Yeah, get a couple players from the queue. Add them in. Uh, uh, good luck, Coach Ciano. I don't know. Am I wrong? I mean, I think he was the best guy for the job because he's the only one who's done it well the last 40 years, right? And it if they had gone to some, you know, fledgling Mac coach or something like that, Jersey eats its own, man. Like, Jersey's a tough place. At least Ciano knows the territory and knows what he's doing. I think he can build it to where they're competent again. But look, no one's taken that place to these these grand heights. Like, you know, the, the AD was talking about the Rose Bowl in the press conference. Like, they just need to get a pulse back. And I, I think Rose he's Bowl. the best equipped <laughs> to do that. Yes. Oh, wait, what? He mentioned the Rose Bowl? The Rutgers yes. AD mentioned the Rose Bowl. When he fired Chris Ashton. The, 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 the game in Pasadena, California. Yes. With the, <laughs> yeah. with the San Gabriel Mountains and the bad kickoff time. Hey, yeah. try the onion rings. Best in state. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right yeah i want to see i want to see rutgers show up in that game sometime no oh, doubt Look, buy a no, ticket I, stub hub uh dan i agree with you completely that the worst way to probably run your athletic department is to just listen to the fans and let them kind of mow you down and decide who your your coach is going to be that said this job if you can get greg shiano to take it uh, hey you know if yes. i wouldn't take it if i were him but he did so they you know. don't have a football building <laughs> they're considering one they're considering. Considering, it. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell my wife I'm I'm considering buying her like a ten thousand dollar diamond necklace for Christmas too. Yeah, I'm considering lots of things. Yeah. All right. Florida State's still open. Uh, a lot of James Franklin talk. He, he, James Franklin's really good at saying things without saying anything. Yeah. Very uh, uh, firm, non-denial. I'm really looking forward to this being over. Uh, I just, I really love Penn State. I'm looking forward to this being over. I, I, you could get it over if you just said nope. Yeah, didn't hear that. Uh, what do we got? Who's Florida? Florida, I mean, it's a great job. I don't think it's that good. Like, I mean, oh, it's good. Of course, on. it's good. The ACC stinks. If you could fog a mirror, you should be able to come in second in the Florida ACC right State. Now. But Florida State is, is not a good job. Florida State built its brand on accident, right? They put in no infrastructure, and they are so far behind. They don't know how far behind they are anymore. They don't have a traditional ad it's still run by boosters like it's 1976 it is a mess and if you are an established competent coach walking into that disaster is just not an appealing thing so i hey. think as i've as i've right, said and written i think it ends up mike norvell of memphis matt campbell of iowa state someone of that ilk they're not gonna land a big fish I mean, they're in there swinging, I think, still are hoping they're swinging with some big fish. You might be right about where they end up. I do not agree with you about the state of the of the place. I mean, yeah, okay, they, they're behind infrastructure. Build some infrastructure. It's not that hard. Take you a couple of years to build it. Everybody else can build it. There's no reason Florida State can't build it. If you really absolutely have to have these buildings, if that's the only way you can win is to have buildings, they can do it because they're still Rutgers sitting can't. on a gold mine of talent. <laughs> It's not buildings, though, Pat. It's like how the organization is run and is aligned. Well, okay, like hire some people. Hire some people. You are close yeah. to proximity to talent. And you're local. That. I agree with it completely. But, like, do you want to be the coach that is there when they're unwinding a 40-year mess? 
Do you want to be the coach who deals with that? That's that's what like ten years ago. Wait a minute, forty year mess. They were the national champion in 2013, (laughs) and they were uh, undefeated in the regular season in 2014. It's not a forty year mess. I mean, Florida, Florida State, and Miami take turns being either dysfunctional or complete rebels to the point where they're they're thirty for thirty specials on how out of hand everything gets, and they just they just rotate it, and it's FSU's turn. (laughs) <laughs> they're coming up next dial it you come on that's a great job you got players you've got a great little city you've got a local police department where your entire your team photo could rob a bank and they wouldn't even be able to figure out who did it in uniform they'd be like yeah. i don't know i don't know Pro- what happened probably not the most rigorous uh academic restrictions to get people in there yeah, do your civic duty man this is fsu baby <laughs> They showed, weren't Deion Sanders trying to get that job? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was trying. See, that's who the boosters would take. That's why you don't listen to boosters. Yeah. Well, get Ian Rappaport on. He was the one reporting that. All right. How about Jimbo Fisher? Huh? Anyone anyone at AM getting some buyer's remorse on that? If they fired him, they would owe him 60 million. So I don't think they're firing him, but does have 15 million before the end of the year, I think, or something close to it, too. No, they they, they aren't firing him. No, he's not firing him. He's you got know how recruits much he has to pay if he wants to leave. Nothing. That's you don't want to leave. You don't leave when you get paid that much money. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> They're gonna need to send in the national guard to SWAT team because I ain't going nowhere. They scored seven against LSU, which supposedly has a bad defense. <laughs> Only once has a Jimbo Fisher team scored fewer than seven in a game in his entire head coaching career. I looked that up this uh, afternoon. But you know what? It's funny. I was down. I was in College Station. I was there for swimming. But a group of parents we went out to, to a barbecue place to eat. And it happened to be the Jimbo Fisher show. And like the place <laughs> is the place is packed. Of course. You know, they're really? not, yeah, they're not having a very good season. It's a random, you know, Thursday night show or Wednesday night. It was a Wednesday night. And there were... 200 people in there. So I think they're still on board for now. We'll see. There was a lot of other entertainment options in College Station. So actually, I think <laughs> yeah. I think he'll do all right there. I really do. But uh, what was the show like? What did he answer? I got to hear more about this. Oh, I don't yeah. know. We, we sat in like the back room, so I didn't really get to hear it. But, uh, did you give him a hug, Pat? I did not. I did not. I did not. I saw it. my boy AC, Alan Cannon, was there uh, running the show. Oh, he's a good guy. Uh, yeah. yeah, very good guy. Uh, I think they'll be yeah. fine. But that, Saturday's performance is so pathetic. None of Jimbo's family members even ran out in the field to punch anyone <laughs> in a pacemaker. That's how dispirited the team is right now. So who, yeah. who's there, Pat? Who's at the radio show? That's what I want to know. If any you of know? our followers, ever <laughs> listeners go to their local coaches radio show, we'd love some color. But I'd love it from Pat here stumbling into the Jimbo Fisher show. No, you know what? That um, We do need people to, on Twitter. Hit us up if you go to the coaches' radio shows. I would love to hear from them. I would. Yes. I would like to hear those people. Like, I want to hear know. everything. <clears throat> yeah, like what, you decide, you know, you grab your wife. Hey, let's, you know, let's go down to Rudy's and listen to Jimbo. I, I, you know. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling we have some crossover audiences because they're fans <laughs> of, of bad audio entertainment. <laughs> 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 they listen I to this. With, yeah, I toyed with an idea of doing like an entire 40 yard dash on coaches call-in shows just like the worst questions of all time and stuff like that but uh, I never quite got it done but that's you know that in the olden days when they took more calls and there were less screening I think that used to be a special kind of hell that went into <laughs> coaches making a lot of money 
you know, put up. I, I, I remember driving through Kentucky once when this is a long time ago. This is when Rick Pitino was coaching Kentucky and, mm-hmm. and the sh- his radio show was on and I'm listening and, and they get, gets this call and it's like, you know, this is, you know, Jenny from Covington or I don't know what Pikeville. And, and he, she's like coach patina she called him coach patina i'll never forget remember never forget coach patina yes jenny coach patina yes jenny you're you're up what do you got coach patina i just want to say i love the cats (laughs) (laughs) that's it thank you jenny thank you jenny all right i'm just sitting there going this guy it's like how much are they paying me to be here (laughs) when can i get back to manhattan that's a real, a real quick other Patino uh, Collins show story. There was one that some guy called in and was just like sweating him, worried about, you know, they were playing, I don't know, LSU or something. <laughs> like, Coach, you know, I just, uh, I'm so concerned about how we're going to match up, you know, and how we're going to take care of them on the inside and blah, 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 blah. And Patino's like, you know, George, here's what you need to do. Go buy a bottle of wine, put on some Sinatra. Let the chairman of the board take care of the mood and spend some time with your wife. Stop worrying about our game plan. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. All right, let's get to this. Ole Miss, the group text that we have and Twitter just went bananas. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't even know why. I, you know, I wasn't watching. Then I was like, oh, Egg Bowl's on. And, and I mean, what was one's four and seven, one's five and six. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> It, it, they looked the both teams were terrible, undisciplined, bad penalties, bad officiating, bad everything in this game. And then Ole Miss presumably ties the game up with what was it? Four seconds left. Elijah Moore, yeah. I, uh, Ole Miss gets in the end zone in this epic comeback. So I'm like, all right, this is gonna be good. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get some. Uh, Overtime. I mean, repeat this game. Set, reset the stage because I can't even remember okay. all that. Well, this this game this game tying drive almost, if not for the urination, for the fake urination. Ole Miss completes a fourth. First of all, they bench their starting quarterback and bring in this guy Cold. He he completes a fourth and twenty four bomb to a guy right, who right. should never have been open. It was like the BYU pass against Tennessee. Am I right, Sully? You know where the uh-huh. guy I think just just unfathomably gets deep. Uh, they drive yeah, down. His <laughs> trick route was just running straight. Yeah, he just ran, right. you know, there was no route. He just and ran straight. Just passes past. him off. Passes him <laughs> yeah, off. Just Let ran straight go. down. Yeah, but so then all of a sudden, just like it's it is complete dysfunction junction, and there ended up being eight penalties on the last drive alone. Eight is unbelievable. Like you know, the the officials were over officiating. The players were being stupid. Ole Miss twice gets penalized for illegal man downfield. Mississippi State's committing pass interference, jumping off sides. I mean, it was just, it was a absolute mess. And then Corral on, you know, like I, my, I don't know if it was fourth down or not, but it was four seconds left. It's pretty much do or die. Makes the pass to Moore and uh, yeah, fourth down. And, and then he, and then he does his thing. You know, he's looking for the fire hydrant and he makes history. It is just the P stunt, the P stunt, dog peak. Here's my number one question, and 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 I understand there's you know, I guess there's history with this. With Calf did it, is that yeah, right? Two years before, uh, and he got and, flagged and ba- for it. And back in the 2015 Super Bowl, Doug Baldwin mimicked taking a dump <laughs> after scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. That's right. Dropped that. the ball down, and I remember being like, "You you work your whole life." <laughs> 
to make it to the Super Bowl. And you score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Like, there's a small number of people who have ever scored a touchdown in a Super Bowl. And you decide to commemorate it with that. Like, why? You didn't get a penalty because they don't penalize. Like, it was like, this is how you decided. The lifelong, other than, I mean, it's one of the great individual accomplishments you can make in sports. And that's how you decide to do it. I don't get it. What was the point of the P? I, I, what was the dog? Was he urinating on ah, Mississippi State? the bulldog, State? the Mississippi State bulldog. You know, that's uh, that's that, that's I think what this goes back to is the mascot there. But do we still, know that? I, it makes no sense on any level. There's no level on which you can explain this and say, oh yeah, okay, that's cool, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the level is egg bowl. That's it. Yeah. So what, why would <laughs> yeah, this happen? That's egg it. Bowl. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was blown away that he didn't realize that his penalty could cost his team the game. Because he went on the sideline and ran up and down with the WWE belt. Like, there was, oh, no, yeah. no, there was no, oh, my gosh, moment. Man, I may have just blown this whole thing and become influenced. That that was, to me, like, a real eye-opener. It was like, he really has no idea. Like, yeah. that was, it was pretty stunning. Yeah, he was. He was walking down the sideline with the belt over his shoulder. They said, yeah. that, they said later in a statement that this is not him, but I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And Ole Miss said, this is not who we are. Well, wait a minute. Your guy just did it two years ago. It is who you are. When you play Mississippi State in Starkville, that's what your wide receivers do. <laughs> Track record now. <laughs> Happened twice. <laughs> they've, they've marked their territory, Pat? Perhaps. <laughs> you can say they have marked their territory. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. I mean, come on now. <laughs> Try the veal. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, man. It was great. It was was, actually a wonderful, everyone's just like sprawled out on couches around America, like trying to digest eating too much. And then this thing comes and everyone's laughing. You you know, the Geiger principle where all the the contention teams have to lose by a field goal at the buzzer. There's some other orbit of principle that says there was 0% chance that that kicker was going to make that 35 yard extra point. Oh, no. After that, there was like, it was like, there is no chance this game's going to overtime. It is done. They're like, he's a sophomore walk on from Hattiesburg. I'm like, it's going right. That kid looked like he was going to throw up. I know. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, yeah, that, that was absolute. Fate accompli after that, no doubt. Absolutely wonderful. The most egg bowl thing of all time, because these two schools are always scratching each other's eyeballs out for the right to be five and seven, six and six, seven and five. It's just, <laughs> it's astounding. <laughs> oh, they just care so much. It's just fantastic. Yeah. It's the best part. There was yeah. this moment where it mattered nationally, and that moment has passed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dak yeah. Prescott left Starkville and. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kem Diche yeah, and Laramie Tulsa yeah. left. Yeah. And, yeah. Someone kept calling uh, escort services, and that's it. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like if Ole Miss wins that game, you know, I mean, I don't know if they're going to fire the staffs or whatever, but like, like literally, like lives change on things like this. And this is why being yeah. a coach is such a nightmare. Like, oh, oh, hey, big win. You keep your job for a year. Like, there's some like, some kids are like is like in the seventh grade is going to have to transfer to a new school because his dad lost his job because some clown. <laughs> Get a dog pee into it. <laughs> True. Uh, I gotta go. Well, gotta go move to a new town. I gotta leave my friends. So. <laughs> yeah, because Elijah Moore did that. Lifted his leg while crawling around the end zone. Yeah. All right, let's let's dole out some small sample Heisman's here before okay. the Heisman really gets done. Hello, record book. Hello, small sample Heisman. How about that? 
Man, this was a very easy choice. Rivalry game of its own. Lynn Bowden, who has got to be the most versatile player in the United States this year. He's a wide receiver who's been playing quarterback. He's been the starting quarterback for Kentucky most of the season. And they basically just made him a wildcat runner. I mean, he, he's a bad passer. He throws poorly. He throws rarely. He was one for two for four yards against Louisville. But he ran 22 times for 284 yards and four touchdowns. And Kentucky smoked Louisville. Bowden, 1,200 rushing yards this year. And he didn't start really running the ball till like five games into the season because he was a wide receiver. It's amazing. He has, he has had one of the more impressive all-around years I can remember somebody having. So Lynn Bowden, small sample Heisman landslide. I'm going to transition that and take, uh, take the person who launched himself to the front of the 2020 Heisman uh, conversation on Saturday night. I, I'm, I'm giving it to Jalen Waddle right in front of my and Pat's eyes. Like I remember looking up at one point being like, is that four touchdowns? And each of them were like spectacular in their in their own way. There was obviously the the kicker and Sam Cooper, one of our bloggers, texted he may be the fastest player I've ever seen. And I I, yeah. I can't you know I saw Reggie Bush. He was pretty fast. I can't think of a whole lot of comparably fast players. Jalen Waddle was electric. He was the silencer. You know when when Jordan Hare would get some energy, he would just shut it down. So many props to him on his big night with the tough finish and i will overlook him being on the field that was nick's fault not his I, i'm gonna give it to someone i watched up in ann arbor jk adobbins who i thought was the most impressive player on the field against against michigan 31 attempts 211 yards four touchdowns including a 41 yard run uh, he dominated michigan and early on it was clear they had no ability to stop dobbins uh and you know, he, he averaged 6.8 yards a carry. He ran hard. He was more talented than anybody on the Wolverines. It would, Ohio State is loaded with talent. Crazy question, which was a great question after the game to Buckeye coach Ryan Day. They said, which one of your Heisman can, uh, candidates did you think had the best game? Uh, something <laughs> like that. And he basically had, you know, Young, Fields, and Dobbins. And he's like, yeah, they could all go to New York. They probably all just... All deserve to be in that discussion. It's just impossible to probably yeah. sabotage their vote. But J.K. Dobbins, man, he uh, he was just absolutely dominant. So I'm giving him uh, my small sample highs. But you may not win the big one, but uh, you get mine. And I think it's more prestigious. Uh, he even like, fumbled well on that first play. Yeah, he, he <laughs> bounced it off the ground and picked it back up. Like just That was like taunting him. Like, yeah. It's like a crab <laughs> dribble or something. Well, like it's an extra crossover that Iverson yeah. has to do. Just a really, really humiliating. I'm going to do it once, then twice. Yeah, he's amazing. All right. We, uh, we, this has been a, a, a cauldron of negativity, mean-spirited <laughs> jokes, laughing at others' misfortune. Can we say something nice? Do you think we got any holiday cheer in us? Pat Forty, can you say something nice to end this podcast? I can. I absolutely can. I want to say something nice about the Buffalo Bulls, who should be the happiest team in America on Overreaction Monday. Uh, by far. Should not even be close. The Bulls? Started the season two and four. They lost, you know, that very good team last year. Lost a ton of good players off that. They're two and four. They win five of their last six. And Sunday they got their reward. It is a bid to the Bahamas Bowl. You're in Buffalo in the winter, and now you're going to go to the Bahamas for a bowl game. That is like the ultimate present for a football team. Congratulations 
to the Buffalo Bulls. I would love to go with you, sit on the sand with you, and watch you guys tan your pale skin. Have a great time. Side note, too, the team that they're playing, Charlotte, going to their first bowl game, that's, a, that's another team that should be celebrating as well. Absolutely. I'm going to say something nice about Virginia finally snapping the streak and, uh, and, and beating Virginia Tech. 39-30, that scene looked just awesome in Charlottesville. Uh, like, there's, there's something about the longing of fans and when, like, you go through a drought like that and then it, and then it bursts open like it did for, uh, for, for, for UVA. So, I mean, props to Bronco Mendenhall. He's got him 9-3, and 6-2 in the ACC, headed to, where's the ACC title game this year? Charlotte? Charlotte. Since Charlotte, yeah, <laughs> obviously, yeah, obviously, it's really on my radar, as you can tell. A truck yes. stop just south of Danville, <laughs> yes. Virginia. I think a- <laughs> They'll get curb stomped. I don't know if it'll be a truck stop. But anyway, this is supposed to be nice, and I'm going to say something nice. That was a, uh, that was, that looked like quite a scene there in Charlottesville. So props to Bronco. All right. I am going to say something nice about the Oklahoma Sooners, who did what double Ambien couldn't do. <laughs> and took out Coach Gundy, who had been had been living large, riding to an eight and three record until they uh, they hosted the Sooners by taking two Ambians and doing the game plan or something like that. I think that's what he's basically saying. Sooners uh, have kept plugging away on this thing to where they're still in contention. Bedlam is usually bedlam. This one really wasn't. They kind of they kind of drove away from late. So I'm going to give it to Oklahoma, who put uh, Coach Gundy to uh, to bed there. Maybe we can get like a triple ambient bowl game for the Cowboys. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe now the season's over. He can get some rest without uh, our narcotic. That would be good. But uh, I'm going to go with that. So go. Uh, okay, Boomer. Right. Okay, Boomer. All right. We went long because we had to. It was rivalry. We didn't get to like 50 of the rivalries. But uh, so be it. We will be back Wednesday with the final breakdown heading into championship weekend, which shouldn't exist. We should be entering the 18 playoff. Come on now. Come to my side. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all on Wednesday. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.